Welcome to Jesus Without Religion. I'm Mike Sinar, your host, and I'm glad you're joining us today as we discover Jesus through the filter of grace. If you are a Christian, you are about to see the love of Christ like you've never seen before. Never again will you fear God or feel that you are inadequate or not deeply loved by Him. We know some people call that a license to sin, but as we go through this series, you're actually going to find out that soaking in God's kindness and total forgiveness of all sin, yes, all sin, is the only prescription that will actually lead you away from the disease of sin. Okay, and welcome back to the Jesus Without Religion podcast. We are going through a series in the book and the letter to the Hebrews, and today we're going to be diving headfirst into Hebrews chapter 4. Again, I, I can't encourage you enough if, um, if by chance you haven't heard our, our podcast on Hebrews chapter 1 and 2 and 3, I really, really want to encourage you to go back and check those out because there's a lot of context that's being laid out here. I'm trying to build a foundation um, that allows you to interpret this letter correctly. There is a horrible teaching out there that this is written to, by and large, believers, that it's uh, that there's a lot of threats we might walk away with um, to Christians. And we're trying to put this together in a very simple way. We're, we, I'm working overtime to stay away from getting into, and the Greek says this, and the, and, you know, and just trying to sound like, you know, oh look, we we've studied it. You don't know anything. What we say is gold. I, I want to just break this down verse by verse in a way that you can walk away and say, wow. I get this like I never have before. So again, let me encourage you to go back and check out some of those podcasts. They're only about 20, 25 minutes long. And with that said, let's just dive right in. So what's the question we're asking ourselves? Again, at least for the first 10 chapters, the question we're asking ourselves is, who is really being addressed here? Are these believers or are they unbelievers? Because that's, that's a game changer if we answer that question correctly. If it's to believers, we're in trouble. If it's to unbelievers, it changes the entire message and it should actually be encouraging to those of us who are believers. So we're going to do a small little recap of what we studied in chapter 3 just for a couple minutes here. Um, we learn more about Moses being compared to Jesus, right? Moses, you know, he brings in the law. That's important. Not God, not Jesus. Moses brings in the law. Jesus brings in the new covenant. The point is, well, who's greater? If Jesus is greater, then so is his covenant. Remember, the Mosaic covenant, the Ten Commandments, is not the covenant from Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ ordained. So, again... In the wilderness, what happened? The Jews, what did they do? They hardened their hearts. We saw that in verse 7. We saw that they went astray in their hearts in chapter 3, verses 10. So here it is. They've hardened their hearts. They've gone astray. We see that they did not enter God's rest, which is entering uh, Jesus through faith. That's verse 11. And we're going to learn more about this resting in chapter 4 today because that's a very important thing to 
wrap your brain around, and it's really not that complicated. And we also discovered um, that they have evil, unbelieving hearts. Wow, doesn't that say it all right there? And when did a Christian, when has a Christian ever been told they had an evil, unbelieving heart? And that's what we saw in chapter 3, verse 12. And we also see that they sinned, um, that they were disobedient. And that came out of verse 17 and 18 in chapter 3. But again, how did they sin? What was the sin? What was the unbelief? And we got our answer, if you'll remember, in verse 19. He says, so we see that they were not able to enter God's rest. Why? Because of unbelief. Man, is the letter to Hebrews spelling it out for us, but the teaching has been so bad that we have Christians walking around in fear that God is going to get them if they dare be guilty of these passages that are addressing unbelieving Jews who heard the gospel, they tasted it, they've been made partakers, but then in the end they said, no, thank you, Jesus, I'll take the temple. I'll take the blood of bulls and goats over you. So let's just get into it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it starts out like this. He says, therefore, let us fear if while a promise remains of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to come short of it. So why fear? We fear because we don't enter his rest because of coming short of believing the truth, the truth about Jesus Christ. Now, let me remind you, what does 1 John 4, 18 tell us? Well, we discover in the New Covenant messages there, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears, well, they have not been perfected in love. Verse 2 says, for indeed, we have, good, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, you heard the news, we heard the news. Now they is referring to Old Testament Jewish people. The ones in chapter three, you know, heading to the promised land, they had the good news preached to them too. They were the ones that never entered the rest. But why not? And again, we're gonna see this in the next verse. It's Hebrews, uh, still chapter four, verse two and three says, but the word they heard it did not profit them because it was not united by faith in those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest. So who has entered the rest? We who have believed. Again, why didn't they enter? Because they, these Old Testament Jews, not united with faith. But who enters? We who believe. Who believe what? Believe the gospel message, that we believe God, that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God sent to rescue us from sin by faith, through grace, lest anyone boast. So if we who believe in a rest, can we agree that the other guys did not believe? That's why they didn't enter rest. And then Hebrews 4 continues with verse 3. There's a little more. He says, just as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So if believing is how we enter rest, I ask you, what stopped the Jews from entering that rest? 
Then we get into verse 4 and set 4 through 7. He says, Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, this passage, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since it remains for some to enter, and those who formerly had good news preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience, he again fixes a certain day. What's he saying? Today, hey guys, today, through David, after so long a time, just as it has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So again, we saw that word disobedience, but what is the disobedience being described? It is unbelief. What did he ask them not to do, right? He asked them not to harden their hearts. If there, if there's even one mention of them, or is there even a mention of them needing more works, right? Is the writer saying, you've got to try harder and do more and be more? Is the writer making any reference to your, your sins are just out of control, and for this reason, God's going to... No, there's no th- passages like this. This is about ob- disobedience that is tied into one thing, unbelieving hearts. And the solution is simple to these guys. He's given it to them. Hey, hey, Jews, I'm not, I, this isn't about your performance. Here it is today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Believe it. Receive it. Jesus Christ is indeed the Messiah. And that's what's going on in Hebrews, especially for the first 10 chapters. Verse 8 through 10. For if Joshua had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works as God did from his. I love this verse. We're over here arguing all the time about the Sabbath, the Sabbath. Not we, some people are. You can't do this on the Sabbath. You can't work on the Sabbath. I'm like, what are you talking about? The Sabbath is a picture of you entering rest from works of the law, just like God entered his rest from his works. That's all it is. We're no longer under the law. We have something new and better. We now have a permanent rest, not one every seven days. So again, what's the point here? Those that entered his rest, what did they do? They also rested from works, okay? Works, what do they mean? Works of, as your method of getting right with God through your human performance. So what are the works? Jesus said he would give us rest. Look, the Sabbath, it's not Saturday, it's not Sunday for Christians. It ain't Monday. We can argue all these. When does it start? When does it end? If you're a Christian, the Sabbath is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You have fully entered his rest. You are now permanently in the Sabbath. The Sabbath, in terms of the Jewish holiday festival, was nothing more than a picture of the real thing found only in Jesus Christ. And the real thing is far superior than the shadow that the Jewish people dealt with. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, he says, Therefore, let us be diligent. Love that word. Be diligent. Go for it. To enter that rest so that no one will fall 
through the following of the same example of disobedience. Again, be diligent to do what? What does he want these Jewish people? What does he want them to try hard to do? He wants them to try hard to enter rest. Some will fall through that same example of disobedience. But again, what kind of disobedience is the context? Because he's literally been spelling it out. You've got people up here teaching messages. You know, they, they see that word disobedience and we go right to outward sin. And here's why that's a problem. Because you have not seen a single mention in all four chapters, nor will you in the first 10 chapters of the letter to the Hebrews that describes this word disobedience as some type of an outward performance issue. Let's call it what it is, outward sin. The only disobedience in question here is faith. It's believing. It's inward rejecting of Jesus Christ. And the moment you turn this to outward sin is the moment you are teaching a false promise. It's not the truth of who Jesus Christ is. All right. So Hebrews then, we're almost through this, guys. It's a pretty short chapter, verse 12 through 14. He says, for the world, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow uh, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to his eyes of him with whom we have to do. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What is the word of, what is the word of God judging the thoughts and intentions of? It's judging the heart, right? Now, confession in the Greek, and again, I try to stay away from all this stuff. Uh, I'll pronounce it the best I can. It's homologia, H-O-M-O-L-O-G-I-A. And it simply means to agree. So what are we confessing? What is this confession? It's not this confession of everything you do. You got to confess, I, 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 I had a beer yesterday, I lied, I looked with lust. No, it's confessing that Jesus is Lord. The context is unbelief. We've got to see context in the letter. There is no mention of outward sin. Read Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. All right, so let's go ahead and start to wrap this up. Verses 15 and 16, he says this. He says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. I love this. It's the throne of grace, not judgment. We're not drawing near the judgment seat of Christ if we're believers, right? So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. This is a great reason for these Jews to abandon this law. There's not a whole lot of sympathy under the law. You slip up one time, you get death, it seems like, right? We draw near with total confidence. Well, why confidence? Because here we're getting mercy and we're getting grace in time of need. 
And when exactly would we need uh, mercy and grace? Well, it's, well, we need it when we're stumbling. We need it when we're messing up. This isn't something that is, is like, that God doesn't pull the rug out from under us when we're sinning. That's when we're getting the mercy and grace, when we're, when we're flubbing it up. And that's what leads us to, to live upright, godly lives as we get who we are and what Christ has done for us and how God sees us today. So listen, here are some quick takeaways, folks. Uh, literally, Jesus gives us rest. Rest from our own human efforts to be made right with God. Um, what kind of disobedience did we walk away with? We discovered that the disobedience in context is the sin of unbelief. It's rejecting Jesus. It's saying, no, thank you. I'll take the law. I will take the blood of animals over the Son of God. And just in closing, we discovered that we get the answer to what this disobedience was. We read it very plainly in the the last chapter. Chapter 3 came in verse 19, and he simply told us that they were not able to enter rest because of unbelief. And my friends, if you are a Christian, you have entered rest. Hebrews chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way through chapter 10. Well, there it's, look, all scripture is good. All scripture is great for training, but we need to know if we're reading someone else's mail. And if you're walking away reading the letter to the Hebrews who have the sin of disobedience and rejecting Jesus, you're reading someone else's mail. Let's learn from it. Let's grow from it. But let's recognize that we are safe and secure in the loving arms of our Father, Jesus Christ. God bless you all.